Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan. And I'm joined by El Nino himself. He's the kid. He's also the god. He is also the legend. Celtics beat reporter from the Athletic, Jay King. Ladies and gentlemen, hailing from Longmeadow, Massachusetts, Skidmore basketball legend. Um, the round mound of rebound. I'm running out of nicknames to give to him. Out uh, of downtown, more like, more like downtown it. Beacon Hills finest. Uh, I didn't mean to dox you there. Sorry, Jay King. We can bleep that. Um, but how you doing, Jay? You are back from Las Vegas, where you got to watch all the Celtics hopefuls, all those guys who are likely going to be on the Celtics next year. Uh, you know, you probably actually around. most of them likely won't be on the Celtics. Yeah, next I year. know that was my uh, that was the joke I was going for. Uh. Because um, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest with the listeners. I think I watched about six minutes of summer league. Um, I think my greatest highlight was when uh, JD Davidson uh, allegedly might have pooped his pants. But we can talk about it later. Uh, we can focus uh, now on the basketball. I did dig into that. I did <laughs> have to do some. <laughs> I did some real journalism there. And, oh, well, uh, let's just get into it now. Let me just say, I couldn't tell for sure whether he did or didn't poop his pants. I didn't <laughs> confirm one way or another. You could not get two sources. To I'm lock not it sure down. the truth was out there. I didn't ask him specifically. Well, that would be uncalled for. That'd be uncouth. Yeah. So I uh, I asked behind his back, and, <laughs> and let, let's just say the verdict is is still out. All right. I don't that's... know. That's good but to know. I, That's... I, just, I wanted the people to know I did try to do the hard-hitting journalism, the hard-shitting journalism, if you will. <laughs> oh, That's why he's the best in the game, folks. That's why you come to The Athletic. That's why you come to Anything is Potable, because he's going to go to Las Vegas and ask the important questions. Now, you were there. You got to see, you got to pal around with your, uh, probably hung out with Brian Windhorse and your other fancy friends. Um, I didn't see Wendy out there, actually. That's too bad. He's a he's a lovely individual. Um but you actually watched some Celtics games. Some were Celtics summer league game. Obviously, I think uh, Jordan Walsh is the big focus because it seems like he is just a super athletic individual. I may not have watched all uh, all the summer league games, but I've seen certainly clips of him being just super athletic and even just doing some things on offense. He didn't really knock down a lot of shots or may- score a lot of points, but I just liked his ability he to create last some night. space. He did last night. We're recording on Thursday night. So Wednesday night, he got hot. He got a little hot. They went uh, on a big run. They beat the Lakers, I believe. If I am I am I yeah, have my information that, correctly. That third quarter, 
was everything to love about Jordan Walsh as a prospect. He was picking up the ball handlers. He was disrupting everything the Lakers tried to do. He was jumping into shots confidently. And once he got hot, it seemed like the reluctance to shoot that he had last year at Arkansas just just melted away. And and he was confident. He was looking for his own offense. And he totally changed the game and did it while just screaming and yelling and being kind of a kind of a maniac. Kind of a lunatic. A I kind maniac. of like that. Like gotten really hype about a what? It was like an eleven oh run and just screaming his screaming his ears off. Uh which I like that. I like my summer league competitors to be a little bit crazy and because if you're crazy at summer league when the outcome really doesn't matter no not at all (laughs) then you're gonna be crazy forever like you're just crazy you're just a crazy guy who loves playing like loves playing good basketball and hard-nosed basketball and i think that it's really hard to take anything away from like anything that really happens in a summer league game. I anything think the only th- Correct. The, o- the only thing you can do is like if a second year player comes and dominates, you know, they don't suck. Like, you know that they like have, have some sort of NBA experience, uh, but that's about it. If a second year player comes or a third year player uh, and they don't play well, that's a bad sign. But I feel like that's the only real takeaways because we've seen plenty of players have, amazing summer league seasons but it's just really a, an entirely different brand of basketball it's more of a it's more of an nba conference at this point and they actually play had nba con this year i don't know if you uh showed up to the to the conference how is the sphere everyone's talking about the sphere jay we haven't even talked about the sphere <laughs> so the sphere it was funny because i for someone who's allegedly a journalist I should be perceptive. I should be looking for details. <laughs> you didn't I even notice the sphere. Aware of all my surroundings. I swear, <laughs> I did not notice the sphere. And then we were talking about it on uh, one of the athletic NBA shows. And Zach Harper was talking about the sphere. I had no clue what he was talking about. <laughs> and then we walked outside and I still didn't in notice the sphere. it. I still didn't notice it. And then he's like, do you see that thing with the bouncing basketballs? It's like as as big as half the city. And I, look, I looked over, and I have no idea how I missed it. The sphere is enormous, and uh, it was it, uh, it was a lot. It was a lot. I'm a fan, though. I'm a fan. You're, There's a lot you, you can do mean, with I, a sphere of that size. Go on. Tell me. Tell me three things you can do with a sphere of that size. I really don't know because I only saw it that one time. <laughs> <laughs> it's just bouncing basketballs everywhere. Okay, let's let's get back to the the true hoop heads are furious right now that we didn't are not breaking down the summer league X's and O's. Other than, well, I'm gonna make ask you to do the dumb thing I just said we can't do. Let's extrapolate from summer league about Jordan Walsh. Given the Celtics depth, basically on the wing, from your you have. What did we refer to you as earlier in the season? A basketball genius? Uh, or you had a great basketball mind? I don't think mind. we ever referred to me as that, but I'll take it. I think we said you had a great basketball mind or something like that. But I'm from sure your... I said that. I'm not sure if anyone else said that. It doesn't sound like something I would volunteer as information, but I'm sure you would said it about yourself. But as a basketball genius, watching Jordan Walsh play in Summer League, 
do you think he has a chance to I just not I don't think crack the rotation. I feel like that's even kind of a lofty expectation. But is he gonna get minutes at like uh, with the Celtics? We have no idea how Joe Mazzula deals with rookies at this point. Yeah. So at at this point, I literally just finished writing a story of projecting the Celtics rotation. And in it, he did not have any minutes at all. <laughs> um so I think it's it's far fetched to think that when the Celtics are healthy he'll play at all where he could play is when they're load managing Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, or when they're dealing with one injury on the wing, because their wing depth does dry up pretty quickly. And, you know, it's O'Shea Brissett, it's Sam Hauser, and then really not much on the wing. Delano. Oh, I've, I've already forgot the new guy. The, the, the other guy who's in summer league. I want to call him Dean Delano Blandino, Banton. but that's yeah. Delano Banton. Who's Dean yeah. Blandino. Not Dean Blandino. <laughs> but who is Dean Blandino? Why do I the have ref, that name? The football ref? Oh, was he had to do a deflate gate or something? Who was... he, he definitely was an NFL ref, but I don't know why he's connect like why he's in my brain. <laughs> he's What's the a... rules analyst for Fox Sports. He yeah, used to what? be the NFL's vice president of officiating. How did Dean Blandino look at Summer League? Dean Blandino <laughs> He only played one game so far. He's He's super intriguing, just a an interesting player because he's six nine with super long arms and can genuinely do point guard stuff. Like he's a super ball handler, pretty quick, can slash into the paint. I don't know if he'll ever amount to anything. Um, because he can't really shoot. He doesn't even really try to shoot. He doesn't have a ton of like power. Awareness is good though. When he's finishing at the rim. So there's like, but it's, he has a weird, funky, cool mix of attributes that could one day turn him into a player, like with just a few small tweaks here and there. And he can defend just from, so he's basically like Ben Simmons. I would not say he's like Ben. Ben Simmons was, a, was an all-star. He was an all-NBA player. He said like. Like is doing some heavy lifting in the simile right now. Like is doing a lot of lifting. More of a more of a slow-mo Kyle Anderson type. Okay. Where, uh, where you're like, why is this 6'9 <laughs> dude getting where he wants off the dribble? Why is he more of a point guard than like a a spot up shooter, like just, just that weird type of connective game that we'll see if it fits. Uh, we'll see if he can make the, the few tweaks that will make him an NBA player, but he's one of those guys, like if he hits, he could really hit because he does have like just abnormal size for someone who can handle the ball and see the court. Like he does. I'm just trying to think of like what, you did this article about the rotation. Does JV like we can we can be somewhat respectful to JV Davidson and talk about his uh, on the court performance instead of just the alleged poop in his pants? Right now, the point guard looks pretty thin. I mean, like one, I'm curious how many minutes you thought Peyton Pritchard is going to be getting a game, and I, as JV Davidson like made it so, is like is he the next guy off the bench? There is he actually going to get? Say there's just an injury to Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, or Peyton Pritchard. Do we see JV Davidson maybe getting minutes uh, in a rotation role? Has he improved enough 
uh, or is he just like the main? I still want to call him the Red Claws. Main Celtics is a dumb name, but is he just a main Celtics All Star at this point? Probably just a main Celtics All Star. So in the rotation projection, I didn't expect this. I didn't have Peyton Pritchard down for a single minute. What? Yeah, and I think obviously, depending on circumstance, that could absolutely be wrong. But I had Sam Hauser playing, I think it was like 18 minutes a game off the bench. I had Brissett playing 12 minutes a game off the bench. And Malcolm Brogdon playing 24 minutes a game off the bench. How many did you give Al? Is Al a starter in your Al protection? 24, Robert Williams 24. Like it wasn't it wasn't a ton for those guys. I wanted to limit the minutes for those guys. But like I just I don't know if the Celtics will have a ton of time still for Peyton Pritchard because to me, they went out and just, they wanted to get bigger. They wanted to play bigger lineups. They're going to lean into Porzingis at the four and or Al Horford at the four or whatever and just play huge. And and I, I I'm probably wrong. Like My projection is probably wrong. Peyton Pritchard will probably play some certainly when Malcolm Brogdon is out if he's not healthy right now, which he might not be right now, then that could totally change. But I don't think after going through the exercise, I don't think it's a given that Peyton Pritchard has like a regular nightly role because I do think Brissett could play backup four. Hauser could play backup three. And then Brogdon can be the only guard off, off the bench with Derek white having like a slight uptick in minutes from what he did last season. Um, but let, let's talk about Jordan Walsh a little bit more because it is summer league and it is a time to overreact. And he has looked very good. Very good. I think can it, he defend? Tell me about like oh, can yeah. he defend at an oh, NBA yeah. level? Because I'm just thinking of like how we don't know how Joe Missoula deals with guards, but in the Brad Stevens era, no matter how like good of a shooter you were, no matter how like uh, much of an offensive talent. Brad would not put you in unless you could at least hold your own on the defensive end as a younger player. And I feels like Joe Missoula Barra has borrowed a lot of his coaching uh, approach from Brad Stevens. And I wouldn't be shocked to see him do the same. He does seem to be more of an offensive coach, but if you're just getting blown by on the defensive end, uh, you're probably not going to get minutes. And so is that Jordan is not Walsh what ready? will happen with Jordan Walsh. He's ready There'll to be- come in and play defense today. There will be times when he's not strong enough because he's a teenager and still hasn't really filled out yet. But he's six six or six seven. He has a seven foot two wingspan, and he has super quick feet for a big wing. And he's aggressive too. Like he will pick up the ball at half court, and he'll be in in you. And that that's is, the gonna, most is that going to mean dumb fouls though? Is he a dumb foul candidate? Yes, he will probably be a. I don't know if a dumb foul, more of like a, an aggressive foul type of guy. High effort foul. Yeah, like Grant Williams used to be a aggressive foul type of guy early in his career. He fouled everyone his first year. And I could absolutely see Jordan Walsh when he does get chances just just picking him up left and right. He's going to fall guys. for every DeMar DeRozan pump fake that exists. Yeah, as guys just use his aggression against him. Um but that that's the most intriguing part of his game is his defense and his ability to guard point guards to 
for, big forwards, like just everybody. I think the defensive versatility and the defensive playmaking with, you know, steals from behind, steals where he just pokes it away from the ball handler, like just all sorts of plays that he can make because he is long and aggressive and tough. And at the other end, I like he couldn't shoot last season. Um, it seems like they just told him basically, don't shoot, bro. <laughs> this, that's not your role here. Well, they had like twenty, they had like four other guys on that roster, all like NBA prospects, right? Yeah, they they had they had a really good team, um, and it clearly like he was not looked at as a scorer there. Didn't do a lot of scoring, but it seems like they basically told him don't shoot. And the Celtics are trying to reverse that. Like Jordan, it's time to shoot now. It's time to let it fly when you're open. It's time to spot up and actually look at the hoop instead of just pump faking and and Kelly Olynyk and your your way out of a wide open jumper. Kelly doesn't really do that anymore, but Kelly in in the Celtics days used to do that, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see whether he ever develops a consistent three point shot. If he does, then he's really intriguing because. He has a lot of handle for a for a wing his size, especially a teenage wing his size. There aren't a lot of guys six seven at his age that can go behind the back with ease, like can really like put dribble moves together. And he he should just be in the corner. He still needs to put net. on a lot of weight and learn how to finish and finish through contact and all that stuff. He's still very early in his career trajectory. But he he just does a lot of intriguing stuff and stuff that could contribute to winning one day. And he also seems to be the type of guy who just cares about winning. Like, it's not about stats to him. It's not about, you know, can I score 30 tonight? It's just, can we, can I do whatever it takes to win? Which is cool. And I think that's why, part of the reason why his stats were so low at Arkansas was because he was willing to sacrifice and do what the coaching staff asked him to do. And it probably didn't always look great for him individually, but he was just doing whatever they told him to do. Uh, so, yeah, I think Wal- Walsh has looked, he's looked good. He's, he's a known, known kid favorite. I mean, you were, you were big on him uh, before the draft. You were uh, the kid's number one target. Did you get a chance to interview him in Las Vegas? Is he a good quote or is he just a 19-year-old kid? I wouldn't say he's a good quote, but he's a very positive energy personality. That's uh, he good. just seems he just seems like he's just very positive guy. Like I don't know if you're going to be able to knock him out of like positive positive energy. So, is there anyone on the Celtics summer league roster right now who you would describe as a good quote? <laughs> uh, uh, well, how did team transcribe do when they were in Vegas? So did anyone be like, oh, this is a doozy. Someone said something really interesting here. Nope. No. Nope. Did Brad talk while he was out in Vegas? Did you see I wasn't, him in the- I wasn't out there. So Brad spoke last night. I was already back in Boston at that point. Um, but Sounds he said, like talked he, about adding depth as like still wanting to something he wants to accomplish for the Celtics. They still have some roster spots to fill out. I'm assuming with some veteran minimum contracts. Will we see the return of Blake Griffin? Will we see the return of Luke uh, Cornett? Lord, they I also so. have 
a trade exception to use too. And obviously they'll want to stay under the second apron if they do use it and it'll kind of be a tightrope, but they'll have, they'll have some room to chase somebody who's, who's a little more than, than the minimum. If, if they want to go out there and, and trade for somebody, uh, and obviously I think they're good on guards because I do think Peyton Pritchard can play and you're totally fine if if Pritchard is in the rotation. I think they're obviously like they should feel comfortable with their big man. They rotation obviously Porzingis and Robert Williams especially are injury risks and and Al Horford is 37. So things could go wrong there, but they should feel pretty happy about that if they're able to if they do bring back like Cornette or somebody for depth who they can rely on when they're shorthanded, it seems to me like, like forward and especially like a bigger forward, just a wing spot is, is where I would want to add if I were Brad. And I think that's where the Celtics do want to add is just more depth for, to compete for minutes with like Brissette Hauser in that spot and to just spell Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, because obviously part of, Part of the objective for this year should be limiting the minutes those guys played, especially early last season when Tatum was like number two in minutes in the league for a long time. And here we go, the J King, Jason Tatum minutes agenda. Well, do you know what happened that was really weird after the All Star break last year? No, I don't. The Celtics were better with Jason Tatum on the bench than they were with him on the court. Do you know what really slipped? Late what? in the year last year, the defensive rating when Tatum was on the court. Are you blaming this on Jason Tatum's minutes? Do you think it's possible that he was tired after playing a whole lot of basketball over the last few few years? I don't want to get in this again, but you, you drag me into it. You I drag don't know me if into it's possible, but it's certainly potable. Um, you drag me into it. I've been just thinking about this as we're talking. You mentioned you did your rotation thing. The Celtics are going to lean into playing Porzingis at the four. I'm still skeptical of it. Do you think Porzingis fits next to Robert Williams? Yes. Yes, I do. On the offensive end, do you think there's enough spacing there? Yes. Yes, I do. You seem very confident about this. Explain yourself, sir. Porzingis... Okay, so did you feel like there was enough space when Marcus Smart was on the court and Robert Williams was on the court and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? Yes. Well, Porzingis is a better shooter. He's a more dangerous threat off the bounce. He's He's a more dangerous threat off the bounce? like, Like shooting? Like putting it on the floor, shooting in your face? Like he's not like attacking, like he's not like driving and like attacking closeouts that's not my understanding of chris tabs Porzingis can do some of that i mean he's not going to be running pick and rolls like marcus smart did but i think his the amount of game that he has at seven foot three is alarming and and the ability to shoot and space the court i think it's going to work really well with robert williams and i think the the minutes that he played with daniel gafford last year are super promising on both ends of the court. That was a great, great duo for the Wizards last year. And Gafford's not as good as Robert Williams is. Oh, you're not giving the Gaff man enough credit here. Gafford, he's a he's a similar type player, though. He's he's gonna be 
rolling to the rim. He's going to be catching lobs. He's going to be doing all that. And they were awesome. And their offense was awesome during those minutes. So the Celtics will have to figure some stuff out because Porzingis is definitely far more of a scorer than Marcus Smart was. And Marcus Smart was the connective piece for them in a lot of different lineups. And they're going to have to figure out just how to incorporate another high usage scorer into the mix because they haven't really had that since Kemba Walker was there. And when Kemba Walker was there, Tatum and Brown were in totally different parts of their careers before they really emerged as all NBA guys. So they got a lot to figure out, but I, I think Porzingis at the four is going to be awesome. I think him with Robert Williams has a chance to just engulf teams at the rim, have tons of size everywhere and and be really freaking good. And I think that's why the Celtics targeted Porzingis and we're so excited about him in particular because he can play the four, he can play the five, and there aren't many guys who can pull that off and especially pull that off next to Robert Williams, who's definitely a five, and Al Horford, who's not as much of a four as he used to be. But his versatility at at both ends of the court, but especially offensively, is like that's it's gonna be dynamite. I, I think that's gonna be an awesome, awesome look. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you think there's ever going to be a lineup where it's just full giants and the smallest person on the court for the Celtics is Jalen Brown? Like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are playing the one and the two. They don't think they like, maybe they're on O'Shea Brissett out there. Maybe like Hauser? Or Hauser. I just thinking if like Marcus Smart was a, was the, you could hide a smaller guy on him. But if you, if Jalen Brown is your smallest guy out there on offense, there's really just like nowhere for any guards to, kind of hide and like I don't really think Jason Tatum had any opportunities to like take advantage of like mismatches mismatches because he's playing the four so much and there's just like guys who can you can guard so this is just crazy summer league talk right now but I'm thinking of just like I don't think Porzingis can really play the three but could they have a, a situation where they just have super huge lineups with Porzingis and really try to take advantage of their size advantage you could probably try it I think one of the the things that Celtics would kind of have to take care of this year is just keeping enough ball handling on the court. And I think you can definitely get away with like Derek white Brown and Tatum with Porzingis and whoever that works. But if you go to Jalen Brown as your smalls, even if Tatum's out there is, it would have to be like Tatum as the point guard, guard. like Tatum runs point guard sometimes. And I think 
the idea now will probably be to have him run more point guard than he's run in the past and hope that he's ready for that and believe that he is. But, and he's typically like handled that pretty well when he's had to have more ball handling responsibilities. But like you'll have to have playmaking around him. And I don't know if, if any of those big lineups would have that. Because if Hauser's at the three shooting, yes, absolutely. There's tons of that. But then you're really relying on Tatum a lot and, and Brown too to handle the ball. And then if you go Brissett, it's even more. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe whoever, if they do get another big wing, maybe he can handle. Maybe it's Delano Banton. Maybe it's Delano Banton. And Ooh, he's, maybe it is Delano Banton. And he's the 6'9 ball handler and and he pieces some stuff together for them i don't know i have i have no idea dino himself Uh, i like that uh dean blandino any other standouts or people from celtic summer league that i should know about when the listeners should know about anyone who caught your eye a cool dunk maybe uh, Jay coaches wearing weird blue uh, polo shirts. Uh, tell me what happened. Sights and sounds of summer league that I may have missed. Jay Scrub has been very good, and he's just he's going to get a two way con- a two way contract. Point guard. I think they get three two way contracts now, right? In the new CBA, three of them. Thanks. Yeah, JD Davison has one of them, and. Yeah, scrub scrub is intriguing. I don't know if they'd want another point guard on a two way contract just because they do have Davison, and it's probably not a position of need. He might just be basically auditioning for other teams at this point. But he's been as good as any of their guards, and he gets to the rim. He's been scoring efficiently. He can really run a pick and roll. He's he's like watching Jay Scrub because. Of all the gifts that he has, how, how tough is it to make the NBA, man? Like, like this dude, he had a cup of coffee in the league, but he's just, just like bouncing around to summer league teams. It's like, how difficult, how good do you have to be to actually make it in the NBA and actually be a, a lead ball hunter in the league? It's crazy how good you have to be. But Jay Scrub, his name's working against him. You hear a name like Jay Scrub, and you think, man. I think it might be a scrub. I think if I did think there's a connection to you because you are a scrub and I am a scrub. Um, what'd you think about Tony Dobbins, uh, ATOs? How did, how, how, how'd you evaluate his coaching? I, I, so the, the one thing that stood out most is, and I've known obviously Tony, he's been on staff for a while. He's super awesome dude. And just, Super well-meaning dude, and just the the amount that he loves his players comes through. Like when he was talking about Jay Scrub, he he said that he told Scrub like basically like I see I see a gift in you. I want to help you. I'm gonna do whatever I can to make sure that other teams see what I see in you, which is just cool. <laughs> like and as a player, that's got to be super empowering to have your coach tell you that. That's what you need in a summer league coach because, like, everyone's fighting there. It's everyone, like, trying to make a dream, and, like, you need all the support you can get in that point. So that is cool to hear. Yeah, so that that's the stuff that stood out about Tony. Um, 
not as much. Obviously, it's summer league. Like, who cares if they win? Who cares? I don't care what he does actually as a coach. I certainly have not been paying attention to his his ATOs, but <laughs> but all that stuff and the support he's shown for Scrub, for Jordan Walsh, for JD Davison is has just been like very obvious that he he takes great care in in helping guys progress and, and reach the next level of their careers. And I think the Celtics staff is full of guys like that, but Tony, like just his, his genuine nature comes across. Uh, was he good at calling timely timeouts? <laughs> I, I, I genuinely don't know. I, he hasn't had too many opportunities. Did it really see, doesn't matter. Did you see my boy Rick out there coaching for the Hornets? I actually so I, I watched the Hornets, but I didn't see him at all, which was unfortunate. Oh. I feel like I always run into him at Summer League, but I didn't this year. Well, I was going to blow up his spot but saying something about him, but I won't because uh, this podcast is listened to by people. We are talking about Summer League. You were there. Um, did you have a take on the Victor Wembanyama versus Britney Spears altercation? <laughs> no. <laughs> I did not have you had no take. You had zero re- reaction to that being Victor Wembanyama's introduction to the league, and then Britney Spears fans watching his terrible first performance and just like celebrating it on Twitter. You had zero response to that. I uh, no, I I really didn't. The guy didn't I, even I, notice the sphere. I don't so know. Why I'm I think these to, so. It, honestly, it seemed to me like all sides in that had a point. Like, Victor, I see why he wasn't going to stop for some pop star that he's never heard of. He had no clue who that was. And to him, he was just getting tapped on by some random fan who should not have been touching him. Brittany, yeah. Doesn't want to get slapped in the face. She, she's a, she's a, one of the most, she was one of the most famous people on planet Earth for a while. She got kind of like flailed at in the face. I don't know if slap is the word I would say. So I understand why she was pissed off. I don't think she really embellished too much. And the security, <laughs> she, she didn't flop. You're saying she was the not going to get The security guard, like he he could have taken more care to to not like flail at somebody and hit them in the face. But he was also trying to just keep it moving and keep it away from a crowd in a arena where Victor Wembanyama was just getting swarmed by people. If so. we're going to get uh, litigious here, liability does fall on the security guard there. He had the duty no. of care. He, no, no, nobody, he nobody charged him with anything. He's 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 clear uh, to go. I'm not talking about charge. I'm talking about litigation, my friend. I'm talking about a lawsuit, uh, damages. Um, I'm saying if we needed to get litigious, I was prepared to uh, not Victor. I think don't think Victor did anything wrong. I don't think he really understood what was happening whatsoever. Um, did you get a chance to actually see him play basketball in person? And what is it like watching a giant, uh, play basketball? I did. So my new lane on Twitter is, (laughs) Oh yeah. I love this lane. (laughs) My new lane on Twitter is trolling like Victor Wimbanyama stinks. And so far (laughs) people just don't get it. And it's awesome. (laughs) No, nobody has realized, like I, I compared him to a malnourished Andre Drummond. And people thought I was 100% serious. Like, I have, I think today was the first day I stopped getting, like, threats <laughs> and stuff on Twitter for that. But I'm going to continue trolling him a little bit. 
just for the just for the joy of it. I I, I have fun being Skip Jayless. I think <laughs> you do have too much fun doing it. I honestly, in my head, I was like, what would what would Skip Bayless say about LeBron James right now if he was devising a tweet? And I was like, you know what? He missed five free throws in a game that his team lost by five points. So I'm going to call him malnourished <laughs> Andre Drummond. Okay, but in his second game. But he's amazing. Answer he, the question even the first genuinely. Game, even the first game, his defense was next level. Like, just blocked everything. Nobody was scoring on him at the rim. And he had a couple plays where he's seven five and dribbling the ball up the court and firing left-handed passes for assists. And then in the second game, he added the shooting on top of that, had a couple of dunks that were just like, how does that man reach over that other man that easily? So he he's going to be far more than fine. He's going to be unbelievable. And I don't think there are that performance there was nothing from either of those performances even the first one when he didn't shoot well that had me like you know what this guy might have a bad year i do think the offense will be behind the defense and um i he shot 27% overseas on threes kind of takes some pretty shitty shots sometimes and i think he's probably going to take some pretty shitty shots in the NBA too. And as he just kind of experiments and learns how to grow into his body and learns how to kind of use all of his powers. But eventually that dude is going to be special, special. Was there anyone else you saw at summer league that you was like, Ooh, maybe we should take note of them. Any rookies. I know scoot got hurt. A uh, Thompson got hurt. Um, but was the there Thompson else? brothers? The Thompson brothers are good. Scoot is good. Jarris Walker is good. Chet Holmgren is good. Ooh, Chet. I forgot. It's the first Chet sighting we've had. Yeah, Chet. Chet was killing. And Chet, it took him like a half to wipe off the rust from being out for a year. And then he was just blocking everything, dunking everything, passing everything. He He's going to be a great addition to Oklahoma City. I think they're going to be very tough. And then uh, the Rockets' young players, they have a lot of good young talent. Tari Eason, Jabari Smith. Thompson, like they're they have a lot of good young talent over there. I'm a, I'm a big Rockets guy now. Oh, there you go. As well, um, that's gonna do it for us here at the Anything Is Potable Summer League uh, Analysis Factory. That was a dumb way to say things. Um, Summer League Analysis Factory. <laughs> you can't make fun of me when I I stepped in and fell on the sword we myself. Are here at the Summer League Analysis Factory. <laughs> yeah, I got yeah, but I got nothing. I said something stupid, and uh, now I feel stupid. And uh, everyone is stupider for having listened to it. Uh, I award myself zero points. <laughs> May have God mercy on all of our souls. The Suburly Analysis Factory here with Sam Jam Packard in the Suburly Analysis Factory. Anything, <laughs> anything's potable, folks. Jay, you're kind of a jerk.